It's our job to tell better stories. And always remember, it's the risk takers that are rewarded. People are sick and tired of being marketed to, and they're sick and tired of being sold. The single biggest story today in sales and marketing is how our customers are buying different Hey everyone, it's your host Edward Ford and welcome to the Growth of Podcast, the show about all things B2B SaaS marketing. This podcast is brought to you by Advanced B2B, the growth marketing agency that helps B2B SaaS businesses generate sustainable revenue growth through marketing. So if you're looking for an agency partner who will help you get measurable results from your marketing, then check out advancedb2b.com for more info. Now, joining us today on the show is Stefan Herdebrandt, Chief Revenue Officer at Dream Data. And today we're talking about how to map the customer journey and attribute revenue. Now, before co-founding Dream Data, Stefan was Country Manager at Upwork and Head of Marketing at Airtame. And Stefan is about all things growth, marketing and revenue. But how do you connect the dots between your marketing activities and revenue? Well, it's with attribution. In this episode, we dig into mapping the customer journey and attributing revenue to different touch points. We cover how to map the customer journey, how to attribute revenue between different teams and marketing channels, which attribution models Stefan thinks B2B SaaS marketing teams should use, and how Stefan and his team do attribution at Dream Data. So here we go with episode 59 of the Growth of Podcast with Stefan Herdebrandt, Chief Revenue Officer at Dream Data. Welcome to another episode of the Growth of Podcast, and it's my pleasure to welcome Stefan Hedebrandt to the show, who is Chief Revenue Officer at Dream Data. So, Stefan, thank you so much for joining us today here on the Growth of Podcast. Thank you, Ed. I'm uh, I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, same. I'm glad you're here, and looking forward to this because we're talking about customer journeys and revenue attribution. So, I think two sides of the same coin, but. We talk a lot about customer research in B2B SaaS, but we don't really talk about mapping the customer journey as much. So I think to kick things off, why should you map out the customer journey? What are the benefits? So this to me, both customer journeys and attribution is about kind of finding the, the cheat codes for the computer game, you can say. It's about understanding when, when you sell something, what were the kind of paths that led to that? And kind of from a like a you know growth hacking to perspective, you want to be able to try to repeat the things that drove your revenue. And if you can repeat it, then the next thing I would try to do would try to double or triple, so we could drive even more revenue. I think that's 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 my starting point for finding this interesting. Yeah, and I think marketers we love to talk about funnels, but I mean buying journeys they're not linear they're pretty complex so let's dig deeper into this and start with the customer journey so how do you actually map out the customer journey in b2b SaaS? can you talk us through a process or framework that that's a great question and uh, it's something we quite often see ourselves talking with our customers about at dream data uh, we only focus on on b2b and we have a lot of conversations starting from a B2C uh, mindset with, with the marketers that buy, end up buying our product. And as you say yourself, how can you talk about customer journeys in B2B because the variance is so much bigger. And because people like are used to this, okay, I'm purchasing a running shoe, so I can push them in from Facebook, then they see the running shoe, then I retarget on Google Display, and then they buy the product. That's all fine and simple when the kind of 
alternative journeys are so similar in B2C, then you can actually do that kind of data-driven uh, approach that most marketers would love to have, which is the simple do ABC and then uh, D happens. In B2B, that's quite different. And I think for most parts, what you want to look at is you want to like track the whole journey as good as you can, but when the kind of all the journeys are tracked, then you need to kind of apply a little bit more a, a, a qualitative met methodology in the sense that you need to kind of study every kind of journey to kind of see the patterns. Whereas we we, we've been talking a lot with these customers about if you generalize the journey, then you end up in a like a kind of an, what can you use an average journey for if there's so much variance? I mean, one journey might have two stakeholders, the other journey might have six stakeholders, one journey got triggered by an email, another journey got triggered by a phone call. What we are uh, obsessed about at Dream Data is tracking everything you can say deterministic. What I mean by that is we want to understand everything that had a digital touch. And then we want to sort that digital touch by the account that it belongs to. Uh, I think like five, 10 years ago, attribution were uh, a lot more a uh, probabilistic uh, uh, discipline. What I mean by probabilistic is kind of this old school way of estimating your marketing impact saying, we ran this TV ad, now we sold more. We are guessing that the TV ad affected the revenue with XYZ. What we are measuring uh, at, in, inside of Dream Data is deterministic stuff, meaning that you actually click that ad, you actually click that email, uh, you got a phone call. So, so what we want to like, look at is we want to establish an infrastructure that makes you able to track every moving part on each account. So what we basically built up is this kind of this, you can call it an account device graph, meaning that for every customer we have, we know these three, four, five people, and we know the computer, we know the phone, we know the tablet of each of these people. Uh, this is not something you know from the get-go, but it's something that evolves throughout this three, six, 12-month uh, B2B journey. And we also correct uh, the history post if there's a new device that we discovered that we discovered that actually played a big role in the journey that we only know because now they locked into the product, but they were not that person actually purchasing the product. Yeah. And one thing I would love to ask is what does the actual customer journey look like once you finished mapping it? Is it something you write down on paper? Is it a flow chart on yes. some software product? What, what does it actually look like at the end? So, what we're going for here is to actually make a logbook of all the stakeholders involved in the customer journey and every single touch. So if Ed comes in at 12, we'll note that. And if Stefan comes in at one, we'll note that. So it's every single touch in every single tool that is involved in the customer journey that we put into the same timeline. And when that customer journey is completely mapped, then it's, and you can start to do, for example, attribution on top of it, meaning that, okay, now we know all the touches. We'll look up in the CRM, what did we make on this account? And then you can you know, apply the attribution model of your desire.
Yeah, definitely. And I think even if you run self-serve SaaS, you have lots of people involved, like the buyer, you will have the user, influencers, internal champions. And you spoke about the different people who are part of that customer journey. So for people listening, how can they identify all the different roles in their own buying process? Um, just before we continue, I think one of the things that surprises our customers the most is actually what we call the time to revenue, which is from the very first visitor from one account visits your website until the whole account is closed as one. Um, it's a different metric from the moment you picked up the email and now the salespeople can measure the funnel. Like, we so often see that it's actually two, three, four months longer than what people expected. So kind of this is one of the outcomes we see from actually starting to map uh, these customer journeys. What, the way we do it is that we kind of apply this kind of CDP thinking about uh, everybody who visits your website. We assign an anonymous ID to every device who comes to the website and then we start locking what that device is doing then it sits that information is then stored in a database until the point of us being able to identify uh, the person or like a name to that anonymous id and what you do there is like when somebody signs up to a newsletter or books a demo or i don't know logs into a product then you ask for a consent to actually go back and look at their anonymous id and what is disclosed there is this long much longer journey than than what you actually expected your sales took and that's uh, that's an essential thing to know uh, for example if you're judging your uh, PPC efforts that that's a mistake I made a lot uh, at my old company where trying to judge the value of my marketing investment in the month where I made the investment I looked at what did I get back in the month of the investment even though I, I knew that the customer journey was most likely three, six or 12 months. Uh, so that made my kind of, <laughs> you're kind of comparing apples and pears to, to something that doesn't make sense. But so that, that kind of, that's one of the reasons why you really want to map the whole customer journey. Yeah. So moving on from this and looking at the other side of the coin, how does your customer journey translate into a demand gen engine what does this actually mean then for your own marketing and sales funnel and tactics so what you should be or like in my opinion what you should be looking for when you're doing marketing is that you should be doing marketing that drives revenue ultimately and in b2b uh, what we can do as marketers is most likely we can only start the journeys it normally takes salespeople to land those nice chunky revenue deals at the end. What I mean here is then that traditionally us as B2B marketers, we've been measured on, let's say, MQLs or SQLs. But the way we're kind of measuring it has for, let's say, 99% of people been on a, an overall level. I hit my target of, let's say, 100 MQLs per month. Yeah, but that's great. Out of those 100 MQLs, who actually ended up becoming deals? It's that kind of granularity that you should be looking for with this customer journey. 
so getting taking one step back, what you're looking for with mapping the whole customer journey is actually being able to say, what are the things that we do that starts journeys that ends up becoming revenue? That, that's, the, that's the critical question to, to, to ask yourself, because if you can map the whole journey, then you can also stimulate more demand if you're able to understand what are actually the valuable leads. So you don't work towards some vanity metrics of just a certain amount of uh, MQLs per month. You can add a, a, a thousand or 10,000 MQLs per month, but if they ultimately not end up becoming revenue, then you're just wasting the salespeople's time and your company's money. Yeah, absolutely. And from here, we come on to attribution and looking at how different areas of the business actually contribute to revenue. And I think growth is really a team sport, especially in B2B SaaS. So how do you actually attribute revenue between the different teams that are involved in customer journeys like marketing, uh, sales, product, and support, for example? Yeah, so it, it, I guess, I guess it, it comes back again to being able to actually map uh, the whole journey, uh, the whole customer journey here, because you want to uh, understand what each team is actually doing. And to be able to do this in this uh, very digital world is that all of the actions that your customer success take, your marketing take, and your salespeople take needs to have a digital reflection. So if your like, sales team are just cowboys out there sitting with their own phone and calling the customers, it's never generating a digital touch. And like, if you're like, really strict about attribution, then you can't actually give them any credits for <laughs> what they actually did. So it's kind of, you can say, it's a, if you want to be really good at attribution, what your company needs to do is to go through a digital transformation. You stop doing your customer support in, inside of Gmail. You move it into a, a product that actually is able to, pull, to, to de- deliver the data through an API that you can then move somewhere else. You make sure that your salespeople use a calling software like, I don't know, Aircall or something else. You make sure that your marketing team are actually like owning their own data on, on all the people that they acquire. Because if you have an incomplete picture of what's going on from a, like a digital perspective, when the picture is incomplete, then kind of it, it loses it, its point coming back to what you said, like who's contributing to revenue. If let's say if the salespeople are not doing anything that's digitally measurable, then kind of this whole discipline uh, breaks, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. And I think to go one level deeper from here, how do you then attribute revenue across different channels in marketing? I think this is a million dollar question for a lot of marketers and marketing teams out there. So say the data set is correct, uh, then you kind of uh, need to talk about, uh, I guess, two things. One being that what is the kind of attribution models that we find meaningful in our company? Uh, You know, do we only care about what starts the journeys from like a first touch model? is it only the last touch that we care about, meaning what did they do just before they bought? Um, but in order to understand each of these models, you need to kind of agree on kind of, for example, a return on ad spend that you're looking for to see whether it's qualified or not the efforts that, uh, let's say, for example, that the marketing is, team is doing. Uh, does the content actually lead to deals that actually become revenue? 
and what is the kind of cost center for actually producing these articles. It's a little bit easier when we're talking about uh, paid ads because then you have all the costs right there and then you can map it all the way through to, to revenue. Yeah, and I think in marketing, some things are obviously much easier to attribute, like you said. So you have performance marketing campaigns and so forth, but then you have things like brand marketing initiatives. So yeah. how do you actually solve that problem and how can you attribute revenue between things that are easier to measure like performance marketing versus things that are harder to measure like brand marketing? Yeah, really good question. And uh, I think there are, I think this is where you kind of need to have uh, a certain point of view on attribution, meaning that what are we looking to do here? Uh, are we trying to understand a hundred percent of everything that affected the deal or are we trying to go from knowing 20 30 percent of what's actually impacting the deal to 70 or 80 percent of what impacted the deal and you know it's you can't measure the feeling that a good brand or a piece of content leaves you with but what you want to be able to do with mapping the whole customer journey is you want to move uh, like your knowledge base from knowing 20, 30% up to 70 or 80%. What you will see in, uh, if you map your customer journey correctly is that you would need to switch between the different kind of attribution models you're looking at. Like a classical way to like measure touches would be to, to look at a linear model. So a linear model is, say there's 10 touches on the journey, then each touch gets an equal value. And that's kind of where you would see, like you did a great blog post, you shared it on LinkedIn, people came in from LinkedIn, read it, it took some months more, but then they bought. Then that kind of experience gets a digital reflection and you can start to say something about the value that it, uh, it provided. Yeah, yeah. And I think, as you said, we do have separate attribution models available like first touch or last touch and or multi-touch or linear touch with equal weight or you could have adjusted weights across that linear model so based on your experience what attribution model do you recommend for b2b SaaS companies so i'm a marketing leader by background so <laughs> this means that uh, what i'm like just historically most interested in is, is kind of what starts the journeys because you know, then the salespeople can finish it. <laughs> now that I'm a CRO and I'm responsible for, for marketing and sales, that's a little bit of a different story. But what I find so interesting is kind of what is actually starting these long journeys that actually end up becoming revenue because when the leads are there, good salespeople will make them become revenue. But, acquiring let's say sales qualified leads in a profitable way in a way where you can kind of build a machine is what i find the most interesting so obviously doing a first touch model which is like assigning a hundred percent of the value to the first touch uh, is kind of uh, is completely unfair from a return on investment perspective but what a first touch model enables you is to like like highlight the places that actually drives new revenue. So the first touch model, I think is very interesting in B2B. If your data set is actually showing the, the actual first touch. Uh, but I tend to say 
always try to look at all the different attribution models that you have available because they represent different parts of the truth. And if you do your conclusion only looking at one of the models while you have three or five models available, then you very easily end up picking the wrong uh, conclusion, in my opinion. The problem we're facing here in B2B is that there's a long time involved in these buyer's journeys, but there's also a lot of stakeholders involved in these buyer's journeys. And that's where it becomes painful to start spending money because let's say you start the journey, you create the demand on, on Ed, but Ed's boss is different <laughs> who has the credit card. So when you've spent your money on getting Ed to your website and Ed goes to Stefan and say, hey, can I have the credit card and purchase this? Then you lose the tracking of what's actually going on. You cannot connect the spend with the revenue. And that's why it's so extremely important to actually map the whole journey so you understand that the investment you make on Ed goes over Stefan and then it becomes revenue. And then you can say, okay, I spent this, I made this in revenue. And now you actually have a better, like now you actually have a correct vision of how you're spending your money. Yeah, that makes sense. And who knows, maybe one day I'll get that credit card finally and I can go <laughs> buy things myself. Yeah. But I mean, attribution is tricky, as you said. And I think your reflection of reality is based on the model you pick, whether it's first touch, last touch yeah. and so forth. So how much should you trust that and how heavily should you base decisions on your attribution model? So this is, uh, I think we're coming from a world where the last touch in Google Analytics were kind of, that was the truth. But it couldn't be further from the truth in B2B that the demand starts when somebody purchases the product. So you need to kind of train your whole organization is in thinking about this holistic journey. It's not the last touch that is the ultimate truth. We need to understand kind of, okay, where does the demand come from? What are the things that we can do to the customer journey that helps them move towards buying? And what are the actions that actually ends up driving the revenue? So it's not only the salespeople who are driving the revenue here. We need to work together as a team. And so that what I'm ultimately saying is that you kind of need to have this, this discussion actually in your whole company about revenue is not the result of a single department. It's all the department's effort that actually matters. And that means we're not only talking last touch anymore. We need to understand all the touches. And then each of us needs to do the best thing we can to improve that, the, you can say, the value of every single touch. Yeah, absolutely. That makes total sense. So tell us, Stefan, how do you map the customer journey and attribute revenue at Dream Data? So, yeah, something there was, there was something I touched on initially. We kind of... Uh, we assign an ID to every anonymous device on the website. We store that uh, ID in a database. What we then do is that whenever we can identify real people to the anonymous ID, then we can look up who are these people, which organization do they belong to, what are all the things that this anonymous ID has been doing on our website. This ultimately kind of creates uh, an understanding of the moving parts of, uh, of an account. We also integrate the data from every tool that your company is using. So kind of like the ultimate goal is really to give a holistic reflection of everything we can, uh, we, we know about what an account is doing. So 
it can be activities in the CRM, it can be customer success efforts, it can be the automations that they receive, it can be your calling data. You need to kind of take every single digital touch you have available and then you need to clean it up so it is not eight different ads across all the different tools. And then you need to log it into a complete journey from that account and not, you need to go from looking at individuals to looking at account journeys. And say you kind of mapped the whole digital journey then for, for this B2B company. Then attribute, the way we kind of do attribution is we, we look at, okay, what's the actual revenue you make from that account? If it's $10,000, then you can apply an attribution model to those $10,000 and go back to say, well, how does it look if we give 100% to the first touch? How does it look if we give it to a double V-shaped model or if we give it to like a U-shaped model or, and so forth? So first bit is get all the digital touches sorted by the account that they belong to. So you have a logbook of everything that took place. Then you look at the revenue component and start to divide it into kind of different places. Uh, if you're really smart, you can do a custom model, but I think for most companies, just these standard attribution models makes a lot of sense to kind of flip between and try to like extract uh, knowledge and value out of them. Yeah, that's really cool. And I think this is super good. And we could now move to our closing questions and our fast five challenge. So to wrap things up, Stefan, I will ask you five questions and all you need to do is answer as quickly as possible. So are you ready? <laughs> I'll do so. I'm ready. All right, let's do it. So first question, what's the one book you would recommend others to read? I would not recommend a book. I'll recommend people signing up to the newsletter from growthhackers.com and read the blog post that they push out once a week. It's the digest of the best growth blog post on their website. And I think, that's where nowadays where I pick the most value from. Nice. Second question. SaaS company you love and why? Uh, Intercom because I'm just crazy in love with the, uh, their content. Like, like the, 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 their content has just really shaped my opinion about their company. And the, yeah, great work, guys, if you listen. Yeah, for sure. Uh, third question. I think you've already answered this, but favorite place to read about marketing online? Oh, sorry, yeah, gofagas.com. Their, <laughs> yeah. their newsletter, I think, is just a pot of gold for, for, for my yeah, growth people. Yeah, definitely. And fourth question, most important growth metric? Uh, revenue. Yep. And if not revenue, the closest proxy to revenue that you can kind of find. Yep, that's what it's about at the end of the day. And then fifth and final question, best piece of advice for fellow marketers? constantly talk about whether what you do is leading to more revenue or not being able to tell stories we do these things because we expect abcd to happen and then we make revenue you cannot do stuff that you cannot like in some sense explain that it's on the path to driving more revenue yeah Awesome. Well, Stefan, this was super good. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on the Growth of Podcast. I really appreciate the invite. Uh... That was Stefan Herdebrandt on how to map the customer journey and attribute revenue. Now, before I go, I just want to say a big thank you for listening to the show. And I want to give a big shout out to Hey That's Ord, who left a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. They said, 
As a content marketing strategist and growth marketer, mostly for B2B SaaS companies, this is my go-to podcast. Great guests and hosts a wealth of knowledge as well. Highly recommended for actionable ideas and inspiration. So thank you so much. That means a huge amount. And if you want a shout out, then leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And maybe I'll be reading your message out next time. As ever, you're always welcome to reach out to me on Twitter at Nordic Edward or connect on LinkedIn. So thank you so much for listening to the Growth of Podcast brought to you by Growth Marketing Agency Advanced B2B. This is your host, Edward Ford, signing off and make sure you check out advancedb2b.com for more content and resources on everything B2B SaaS growth. It's our job to tell better stories. And always remember, it's the risk takers that are The single biggest story today in sales and marketing is how our customers are buying different